Hi, I'm April Lovett. And I'm Daryl Lovett. We've been together for six years, and we have a sweet and sassy little girl, an adorable and talkative little boy, and our fur child, our dog, Lainey. <laughs> oh. That's funny, huh? Hi, I'm April Lovett. And I'm Daryl Lovett. We've been together for six years, and we have a sweet and sassy little girl, an adorable and talkative little boy, and our fur child, our dog, Lainey. That's right. We also work our nine-to-five jobs together, we teach together, and we own the Lovett Company. We do so much together, and we wanted to share some of our tips and tricks for living out our 24-7 relationship. That's right, a relationship that is all day, every day. Plus, we wanted to share with you how we managed to run our business alongside full-time jobs and still find time for kids, chores, and fun. So in this podcast, the Success in Black and White podcast, we will talk about navigating the gray in life. So get ready, get ready, get ready. We're going to be bringing to you Real Talk concepts every week as we share some of our stories, best practices, as well as talk to guests about how they found success by doing extraordinary things in their everyday lives. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Success in Black and White. The podcast. We are back one more again. We are back one more again. Coming to you live. From the house. Yeah, from the house. (laughs) From the house. (laughs) We are. I'm just cracking up because we're having technical difficulties a little bit. (laughs) We are not all right tonight. We are all right. We are all right. We are all right. We are on our second day of recording this week. And we are doing that for a very special reason. Um, If you listened to our last episode, number 80, we are in the middle of a huge project that um, Daryl has solicited friends and family. um, I've solicited friends and family to help us understand um, and just amplify voices of the black people that we know and love and um, we want, we want them to feel heard right now. Um, and we know that, you know, we have a platform and we're able to do that. So we are on our second night Yeah. of this. We said we were going to share the voices. We, we have are. a lot of them. So we we're going to go lot. through and we're going to read every voice yes, and we are. share every voice. Yep. So get ready, kick back. However you're listening. Yeah. Um, we have some voices to share. Yep. And they trusted us with their voices, so we want to make sure we do our due diligence and share out every voice. Mm-hmm. So let's go for the second time so that we um, don't keep you all too long, but also we um, share these voices. Yeah, I think this is super important. Um, and I just want to share again, if you if you are just like this is your first episode with us, you're just tuning in. Just so you know, I am going to be reading um, the data, the the stories, the things that people said that came in to us, um, and that's just so my husband can have space to process and to talk. Um, so that is, I'm being a helper in reading. I appreciate it. Um, I do want to say that I think when we recorded two nights ago, um, we had 52 responses or so. Yeah. And as of tonight, we have almost 80 responses. And so I want to say I really appreciate it. I know that you appreciate it too. Yeah, absolutely. Keep them coming and mm-hmm. we'll keep sharing them out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yep. 
Yep. Okay. So what we really want to share tonight, last time, you know, we shared um, something, we shared what we asked for the first question was, tell us, you know, in, in the aftermath of all of this, what are the hard truths of racism that are emerging for you? Um, and people shared and they shared openly and we really appreciate that because then we were able to share, share those voices out. Um, so tonight what we want to share, one of the questions that we asked was, what do you wish that people knew about your coping process? And so I'm just going to start reading some of these, um, and you feel free to interject when you have something to say. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you wish people knew about your coping process? It's better to sit in a space with complete silence than to use buzzwords to try to comfort me. The internal day-to-day struggle of a black man operating in white work environment. I wish people knew that speaking up, sharing on Instagram is my coping process. Diving into the work is what is assisting me in my coping. It's hard to cope. It's hard not to be angry. I'm currently seeing a therapist regularly, walking daily, prayer and community activism. Mm. I look for solutions with the use of valid information as determined by a long and serious process. That we are built differently. We normalize where others will crash. Yeah, I think that's a true statement. Um, We were talking about it. Um, today and a little bit yesterday um, about how the things that happen and, and how we process them and they become normal to us. So we're just like, oh, yeah, no, we're used to it or we're accustomed to that or, you know, that's just another day for us. And sometimes we don't take the appropriate time or, um, you know, do what we need to do for ourselves to process it because we normalize it. And we're just like, oh, nah, like I'm used to it. Like, that's just another day, even though it is um, something that impacts us and affects us emotionally. So I definitely can relate to that because I know that I do it often. That we have come together and help each other and to educate those who don't understand I use exercise as a means to let out my frustration. I try my best to ignore folks that cannot be reached. They will continue to have their opinions no matter what you do. I know a lot of those people. I see a lot of those people. (laughs) I hear a lot of those people. Yeah. Um, You know, it's, I try my best to ignore them, but also if I have the opportunity, like I, I want them to maybe understand or if not understand, at least hear what I have to say and how it is impacting me. And hopefully um, they understand that, you know, it does impact us. It does affect us. Um, so as much as I try to ignore, I also try to educate as well, mm-hmm. which also gets exhausting too um when like this person said you know they can't be reached like no matter what you do yeah yeah i just have this picture and i think this is part of the reason that i'm so grateful that people were willing to share their stories and share their hearts with us because i have i also have this picture of there is 
it's it's so unfortunate that this is the case in this day and age, but there is education that needs to happen. Um, and I kind of view it as like, I don't, th- I don't feel like the victim should have to educate other people on their, on what they're feeling and what they're going through. And I think that's really hard because I just think about, you know, I equate it to any other victim in any other circumstance. I think that most people would be very sympathetic to say like, this person does not need to step up and to voice their trauma and their experience. And for some reason in America today, we are asking that you step up and to share your experience and you're gracious in sharing your experience on this platform. Um, although this is a safe space for us, but online it's not a safe space. Yeah. Mm-mm. Um, so I'm just really grateful to the people who did write in and, t- and who did share because it just makes me think of like, I don't think that we should be rehashing or making victims rehash trauma to be right. honest. Um, okay. So next, what do, what do, Um, you wish that others knew about your coping strategy. I wish people knew there are different forms of protest and healing is a part of that. My healing is sometimes disengaging from the news and social media for my own mental health. I wish people knew the choices I have to make daily for my safety and to make others feel less threatened because of stereotypes. With God, all things are possible. We need change and we need to vote. Faith in God keeps me sane. However, I have no patience for racism or police brutality. Mm. I have to work extremely hard every day to stay positive and uplift others because I had to stay strong during hard times. I couldn't spend time mourning and crying when I needed to. Yeah, I can relate to that. Um, it's just like who I am and my makeup and how people, you know, come to me. Yeah, I mean, you know, I said mm-hmm. it in the last episode, like how much I've been on the phone and just mm-hmm. talking to people and um, listening and being a sounding board and, um, you know, encouraging them. And, and, and also that's what I do. Like I inspire and I motivate people. And, yeah. um, you know, that's something that that I have been doing and, um at some point, you know, I, I don't want to get to the point where I crack, but like I can kind of feel the build and like I know I need to like find time to to just um, like release and just cope. Um, yeah. It's been hard for me to do that, though, because, uh, you know, work, I still have responsibilities and obligations and things that I have to do and commitments that I have to uphold and um you know, obviously continuing to do do this work and push forward and in the fight, um, continuing to do that. Then, you know, I also have to make sure that, you know, I'm present at home with my family, with my kids. Um, so I, I totally understand that and, and I can relate to that. Yeah, I do want to say something um, because I watch you through this and I see the struggle Um, and I am going to go ahead and plug another podcast on ours. And that is one of our friends, um, started a podcast with her friends called the meeting after the meeting. 
And this is a great podcast. And um, I'm so grateful that they sat down and they talked about the things that they were feeling and thinking in regards to current events and having to show up for work. Um, It was a great episode and we'll link to it in our um, podcast notes. But it just made me think about the fact that they were saying that um, organizations, that departments, that units are asking their, um, well, they're asking people of color and specifically black people to show up right now, to show up emotionally, to show up and to share experiences and to show up and to do the work. But then they're also expected to do the, the same type of work that, that they have in their roles and responsibilities every day. And I don't think that there is quite maybe the understanding of how taxing that might be, <laughs> um, is, is what it sounded like, you know, from when they were talking. And so that just really stuck out to me is, um, I don't, I don't know if that is a truth for you or. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, but also like for me, like, I feel like I still have to, it just even irks me to say this, but I still like I feel I still I feel like I still have to produce and show up because if not, not to say that the people that I work with aren't empathetic, but I feel like it will be held against me. Like I didn't carry my weight or I didn't follow through when I needed to, regardless of what was going on. The work still has to be done. Somebody has to do it and it falls within your realm. So. Um, you know, that's how I feel that, you know, like I said, I hate to say it and it irks me to say it, but I said, I feel like I will be held accountable regardless of what's going on. So I still have to produce, um, as much as people say, how can I help you or what can I do? Um, I think that there is still an expectation from them of me to carry my weight. Um, so Um, another person we asked, what do you wish that people knew about your coping mechanism? Um, that it's very scary to be a black male in America. Another person said, I try to unplug from media sources just enough so that the trauma slash rage I'm coping with doesn't envelop me while still remaining informed. I wish people knew that my superpower has been stealthily dealing with the thousands of racially motivated microaggressions inflicted upon me my entire life and not reacting negatively. Ooh, all of that I agree with. I mean, that was very well stated and I agree with it wholeheartedly 100%. Um, and I'm pretty sure a lot of black people can relate to that. And, and that is a fitting part of their story. Mm. Yeah. Um, another person said when we asked, what do you wish that people knew about your coping right now is you really have to understand people to choose which battles to fight. Oh, that's deep. Yeah, I didn't think about that the first when I when I wrote this, um, when I was writing the responses that were coming in. Yeah, when I read it, you know, when I was reading through them, I was just like, oh, man. It, mm-hmm. it, it's like 
like I was saying earlier in one of the other statements, it's like the people who make the comments and who you feel like you don't want to waste your time on, you still like within you, you feel like, dang, if I could just get them to see though, if I could just get them to understand, but it becomes a point that sometimes, you know, that toxicity, like it just isn't worth it. And some people you just have to, I don't want to use the term give up, but you just have to move on. And if they ever, you know, become open, then you address it then. But sometimes you just have to move on because it's so toxic. And even though you want to help them and you want to educate them and you want to share your stories and your experiences and they're not in a place to receive it, like you can't force that. And you just have to be able to realize that no matter how close you are with them or how much of a friend you thought they were, you have to just move on and, and you can't continue to um, fight that battle. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, another person said when we asked, um, what do you wish people knew about your coping right now? Even though these things are not happening to me, I hurt like they are my family. I think about how I can help make this world better for us. Sometimes that means sleepless nights. Some of that is thinking of what to do and some of it is fear. These last two weeks have been the hardest. To cope with what is going on in the world and continue to be present at work was and is nearly impossible. Yeah. Um, like I said, I agree with that. I think the part that's, that stood out when I was reading through them and just hearing you read through it again, like, I, I haven't slept through a night my objective is to not bother you. Yeah. <laughs> so I, sometimes I just lay there and, and, and it's hard because your mind starts to race and you start to wonder. And, you know, once your emotions start to, to move, um, it, it's hard to sleep. Um, and you know, that's tough. Cause I wake up and sometimes in the meetings, like, Obviously, my face says a whole lot about, you know, some of the frustration and challenges that I'm having. But a lot of that is, is I'm, I'd be tired. Yeah. Like physically tired. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's been tough to sleep and, and even to eat. Just like, you know, it, it just kind of impacts you and affects like your whole being. Um, so, yeah, I definitely can relate to that. Definitely on the, the sleeping part. Yeah. Whew, I thought it was my cooking. No, I'm just kidding. Nah. <laughs> just joking. Um, so another person said when we asked, what do you wish that people knew about your coping right now is that everybody deals with it differently and being insensitive to the situation doesn't help. Another person said that I like to be left alone and cope privately on my own terms and in my own time. Mm. Another person said that they pray for peace when they're angry. Another person said, I continue to pray. Another person said, I have not been coping. Each day I see the news and cry, and soon after I feel numb. And whoever, you know, um, wrote that, like, I, I pray for them and I empathize, um, you know, for them. And I hope that at some point they do. Um, make a turn and they do cope with it um, because when you go numb to it um, the outcome of that usually isn't good because what it does is just lingers on and it affects you 
uh, holistically. And, and I just encourage you to just, when you're ready in your own time and in your own way, cope with it. Um, because I know what it's like to not cope and, and to go numb and it eventually shows its face um, at a later point in time and someone or something um, gets that outlet, you know, and, and sometimes it's someone that you don't intend, you know, to hurt, but you do because you went numb and you've held this in and you just haven't coped and um, kind of processed it. So I definitely encourage you to in your own way, your own time to, to at least cope with it in some fashion or form, um, because it can come back at a later time and, um, not work out in your favor. And I'm speaking from experience. So, um, that would be my word for this person, but for everyone out there, know that there are people like this, um, and just, you know, be gracious, be patient. Um, because some people, um, are feeling this way. Mm -hmm. Um, another person, when we asked, what do you want people to know about your coping process is that it affects me in multiple avenues, mind, body, and spirit. And I have to go out of my way and seek resources to deal with 400 years worth of trauma. Another person said, not that I wish people knew about my coping process, but they need to know what we actually have to cope with, that we actually have to cope with us as a black man in America. Another person said, if you're black, this has always been a reality. I try to focus on sending out positive energy in the world. What goes around comes around and I try to do right by others how I would want someone to do right by me. Another person said, my coping process relies heavily on my faith in God. I get my strength from him and people should look to him during these times for the peace and comfort that this world is lacking right now. Another person said, black people shouldn't have to live in fear. I get to a point where I just laugh as a defense mechanism. It's tiring trying to explain this stuff over and over and over again. As a therapist, I work with various people from all walks of life. During this current climate, I have had to take more breaks during the day to ensure that I am able to provide appropriate care. Mm. Only God can truly change the heart of man, but changing laws can help deter future senseless, senseless deaths. Yes. We are tired. Oh, Lord. Just those three words alone. We are tired. Um, just all the way around. Just all the way around. Like, if, if I could pick a, a, a motto, it's just like, we are tired. That would be it. Just those three words as simple as that. Um, and when we say tired, however you want to take that, you know, physically from not sleeping, not eating, mentally from having to think and process, emotionally, spiritually from praying and just, you know, relying on our faith. I mean, however you put it, we are just tired. Um, yeah, I could definitely agree with that. Another person said when we asked about how what they wish people knew about how they're coping is that it's hard to not wish violence on those who are racist or have sympathy for white supremacy. Mm. 
My faith, family, and friends make living in this climate possible. That it is an everyday process. That I don't have the option to cope and heal. I have to keep moving and functioning like nothing is wrong. Yeah. I, I, I talked about it earlier. Yes, I can agree with you. That I have to laugh to keep from crying or I have to suppress my anger so that I'm not seen as an angry black man or a threat. Yeah. I mean, I I hate to revert back to what I said about normalizing, but like that's every day, though. Yeah. Like even if it's not anger, like any type of emotion. Suppressing it, making sure that. You're not perceived as a threat. Um, And especially in coping where there is anger, there is frustration. And no matter what someone says to you that's off the wall or that's crazy or what someone does to you, like you still have to make sure you keep yourself in check, even during the coping process and dealing with the anger and the stress. So, yeah. yeah. This just reminded me of um, the conversations that we had in the podcast when we did our Code Switch podcast. Yeah. And you really um, just kind of laid out on the line what it's like to be a black man working in a predominantly white institution, department, unit. Yeah. It's it's tough. Um, You're cognizant of it and you're aware. You know, like I said in that episode, it's like, You have to think through everything like on this inhale, like don't inhale too big, too deeply. Make sure that you don't, you know, make your physical being, you know, too dominant or too big. It's it's like you think through it all the time. It's the same thing with the coping. It's like you hear somebody say something crazy or you see something or you just are just dealing with it internally. And you still have to be cognizant like, okay, I have to minimize my stature or make sure that I'm not intimidating or threatening anybody or not being perceived as a threat. The fact that you still have to think through that, even while you're coping is, you know, Hey, yeah. Tough. And that's tough. Another person about coping said the pain in seeing my kind dragged, killed and treated like animals. Hmm. That I've been a victim, but I'm also victorious. I feel that way. I mean, I told you about my, I mean, I've had multiple situations that, you know, I've shared with you and that you've even witnessed. And through it all, you want to know where that victorious part comes from? That I made it out alive. For me, that's victorious. Yeah. 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 So, um. I think that with this movement and the outcome from this movement, a lot of us are going to be victorious in a bunch of different ways. So, Um, About coping, this person said, that's a good question. One I've never really thought of. I guess just that you have to put on a fake face every day when you go out into the world. Like W.E.B. Dubois coined it, the veil... Du Bois, thank you. No problem, I got you. (laughs) Coined it. The veil or double consciousness. Yep, 
I know exactly what that is. W.E.B. Du Bois. I didn't read that. Yeah. Another person said they haven't begun to cope with this amount of hate and murder. Mm. I love all. Therefore, I continue to live my life surrounded by laughter and love amongst friends and family. Yeah. Love. Using that as a coping mechanism. I wish people knew how exhausting this coping process is and how long it takes to recover from the highs and lows associated with the emotion I feel. I wish people recognized that their attempts to be helpful are often centered around their own need to feel absolved. They need to engage in their own self-discovery and not rely on a black friend to be their guide or to do it for them. You know, when you read that before you move on, um, it's like a roller coaster and, and I completely agree with that statement. And, um, if I could share something and, and it's something that I, I, I don't want it to be taken the wrong way. Um, but I definitely want to share it is that even throughout coping and even throughout, um, trying to be a part of the movement and fight the good fight, it's like some of my um, white brothers and sisters, like they're like all of a sudden woke and they're ready to go a hundred miles per hour. And they're like, what can we do right now? What can, come on, let's talk about it. Let's move forward. Like, let's set this, let's, let's discuss this. Let's have a conversation. Let's meet this. Let's do. And I'm just like, yo, chill out. Like, <laughs> like I appreciate the energy. I'm glad that you're woke and and you actually get it now. But like, hold up. Like, let me just get through this. Like, chill out. You know, it's like they're planning all these meetings and releasing all these statements and like it's just like boom, 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 back to back to back to back because they're woke and like they get it or they want to try to do something. And it's like the black people are like, whoa, like pump your brakes, slow down. We're not going nowhere. Like. Definitely keep this energy. Don't lose this energy, but just give us a second. Mm. You know what I mean? Give us a minute. Um, and, and, you know, for me, I'm not going to say for all black people, but for me, it's like a double edged sword or, or, or like I feel like I'm being pulled in two directions because at the same time, it's like, dang, they want to go like I'm, I want to support that because they want to go because I don't want to lose the momentum. Mm. But at the same time, it's like I'm tired. Like, God, I ain't going to be able to give it everything that I got. But I don't want to say no, because if you want to have this meeting and you want to bring us in and you want to talk about this as a first step, you know, to moving forward, like I want to be a part of it and I want to do my part to help. But at the same time, I'm like, dang, I'm so tired. So it's like a, a yin and yang, a pull and push type thing to where um, they're like, we get it. Let's go. And then I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I get it. Like, I want to go with you. Keep the same energy. But at the same time, like, I'm still coping. Yeah. And I'm tired. Let me cope. Um, so I completely relate to this statement that this person said um, as to um, being able to kind of handle both and, and doing both. Yeah. I think that this statement was eye-opening for me in the second sentence of the statement. I'm saying sentence structure. I'm looking at sentence structure. You guys can't see that. 
but the I wish people recognize that their attempts to be helpful are often centered around their own need to feel absolved. Mm. And I think that as a white individual, this makes me just really question, like really examine where's my need in this, you know? And if the things that I'm doing are being helpful or do I need to take a step back and listen? Yeah. I hope that was ice. <laughs> yeah, that was ice. That was Y'all the ice machine. That. Okay. That was our ice. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, that was our ice maker. But but yes, I think that um, there are a lot of things that, you know, we saw the downfall of a very prominent um, influencer, I guess you call them on the internet, um, surrounding this issue. And so it just makes me examine as a white person, am I doing something helpful? Am I pushing too hard? Am I being respectful of the time that's needed? Um, and am I doing enough? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next person, um, who talked about what they wish they knew about coping was that they say praying changes things. Um, the amount of time or the amount of praying time, preparation talks, family conversations, and everyday living awareness that is given in my household on a daily basis. That's Mm. what they wish I knew. Yeah. Um, Another person said, I'm distant. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody else said that it isn't sincere. I ignore the issue and I live my life to the fullest, but the reality is that we are really at a disadvantage. Another person said that there is a grieving process of black bodies in my timeline. Calling. Wow. Yeah. Calling in. Wow. Refrigerator. I know our refrigerator is acting up right now. It's showing out. (laughs) Y'all, our refrigerator in the background is showing out. It's. This is not good timing, refrigerator. It's dropping ice and doing all kind of stuff right now. When we wanted to drop the ice, it don't want to do drop it. the ice. We like, what come on, let's happening? go get an ice. We're trying to make a smoothie or something, and it, it won't, nope. won't drop the ice. It ain't enough ice in there. Now we want to do our episode. It's like, I got you stories. on the ice. It's like, oh, don't worry. I got you on the ice in the morning for your smoothie. What? Man. What? All right. Come on. Let's I'm bring sorry. it back. Let no, me, don't yeah. be sorry. I mean, it happens. The, yeah. Okay, so this person wants to know or wants people to know about their coping process, that there is a grieving process of black bodies in my timeline. Calling in black to work is not a thing, and I cannot be your answers for everything black. So, oh, man, I I get it. Like, I'm with you. Also, um, I mean, I don't know who this person is, but... Like, you never know, man. Like, you might be one of very few black people in your department or, or organization or, or business where you <laughs> where yeah. you are the resource. I've been it. I mean, you know, yeah. and, you know, in my current department, I was the only black administrative person years. for years. Years. And it's just kind of like, dang. You know, sometimes I just be like, oh, God. All right, D. Like. Do your best to just try to at least give them a glimpse of of, of what's going on or how to move forward with this. Um, so yeah, it's tough, but at the same time, you know, 
Um, not telling you how to cope. Definitely, I don't want you to, to misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not telling you how to cope, but you gotta look at the, you know, look at the situation. You might be that person for them, um, and that also to be a good time to tell them, hey, I can't do this by myself, y'all. Let's di- diversify this uh, staff and let's get some more black people in here so it's y'all can, you know, rely on somebody else. Because right now I'm trying to cope. I ain't trying to tell y'all everything black. Get some other black people in here to help me with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I just went there. I, yeah, I just <laughs> went there. All right. Um, another person said that it varies from day to day. I wish that people knew that my coping process will not be over today, tomorrow, or the next day. We've been coping for decades and I and still trying to find our coping process. Praying is my coping process. Yeah. It's hard to cope. It's really difficult to function watching Black Death play out on TV. The functioning part is is yeah, definitely that I can relate to that um Cause it's not something you just, you know, when you're coping, you just turn off coping and go to work. And then when you get done with that, you turn it back on. Um, it, it just doesn't work like that. So it, it, it could be difficult at times functioning. And I know that I have struggles and challenges. Um, so we are expected to deal with it on our own so we don't make the white people around us uncomfortable when we are told that our daily presence is a threat. We have to be uncomfortable in order to make white people feel justified in their behavior or lack of response. We don't get support from our jobs. We are left to cope and given weak resources. Man. I, I'm so glad that somebody wrote that. Yeah. That we could say that out loud. That I could read that. That you could read that out loud. That I could we read could that. say it out loud. That I could read that for myself. Yeah. That I could say that out loud for other people to hear. Yeah. The Thank you, whoever wrote that. Yeah. The resources part is, I think, is real big. Um, you know, I know that they tell you and, you know, you see it posted. Like, you have resources and you can go do this and you have that availability. But... It ain't as easy as that. Um, I don't, I, I, I mean, I kind of know how it works, but not really. It's like when you do it, do you have to like take time or like if you go do it, then you get behind in your work. It's, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's so convoluted. Like there are so many moving pieces with that, with the resource piece. Um, and, and I'm not sure how all resource opportunities are set up wherever you are. Um, but that's a piece that, you know, that I wonder and I think about. I'm just curious, like, are they good resources? Are they good resources? That too, you know? Um, yeah. Or are they just thrown together at the last minute so that we seem like we care? Yeah, that too. Yeah. Another person said it can vary from day to day. There is no right way to cope. So just take my emotions and reactions at face value. Mm. Like it hurts to hear me say, like not hear me, but hear somebody say, um, dang, just take my emotions and reactions at face value. (sighs) 
that we're not allowed to escape this and not pay attention. I tried. It pursues you in a way that you don't expect. That it breaks my heart to have to talk about these realities with my seven-year-old son and eight-year-old daughter because it's ugliness and hatred that I wish I did not have to warn them about. However, as a black parent in America, I have to, I have to because I don't want them to die or get hurt one day if they have an encounter with a racist police officer or person who will abuse his or her power or self-declared quote-unquote power and harm them because they are black. Also, that these sad realities create a sense of anxiety and a degree of fear when doing simple things like riding bikes and taking walks in our neighborhood. What if some racist person sees us and says, for instance, they look like they don't belong in this neighborhood and then acts out in hatred and violence toward us because of our blackness? Oh, It's like. They listed out a couple of things that they do to cope, but while they're coping, they're still dealing with still, yeah. the things that they're coping about. It's like, I'm going to get out and ride my bike or take a walk to cope, but while I'm out coping, I'm still dealing with the issues that I'm out trying to cope from dealing with. Man, that's tough. It's like, I go take a walk. To cope with my emotions and feelings. And while I'm out taking a walk and I'm coping with my emotions and feelings, I'm having emotions and feelings because I don't feel safe out taking a walk while I'm coping. Yeah. Man. Well, so my question is, is there anywhere that you can feel safe? <laughs> so different people cope in different ways as we've True. been yeah. reading through this. Like yeah. I've, I've, heard and seen a, a couple of people say they do it by exercising i mean what you want them to do like set up a stationary bike in the house if they like the bike you know wanting to run in place in their living room wanting to walk around their couch like they can't even go walk around the neighborhood. right man i'm laughing but that is like a laugh of frustration a laugh of sadness like someone said earlier they use that as their coping mechanism like it's crazy. And the thing is, I know how I feel to be like that. I do. I know how I feel to be like that. Another person said that I am tired, frustrated, and hurting. Simply understand and acknowledge that we are a target, that we understand the bullseye and go through each day developing strategies to deal with that reality. I play my day through my head each morning and part of the routine is to visualize what a racial confrontation will look like and how to deal with it so I can come home each night to my family unharmed. Yeah, we talked about that. I mean, we did. I I, I said it in, I think it was episode 79, the aftermath. Like when I get in the car, I know exactly where my registration is located i have my wallet you know usually out and and accessible um like i already have the plan in my head and i already have it played out that is true anytime i get in a car and get ready to leave or go anywhere or travel i already have a plan played out that if you get pulled over or or if anything goes down like how i'm gonna handle it 
every time when I get in the car before I leave to go anywhere or do anything, I already have it played out in my head. And I think about it. It's just like putting on my seatbelt. It's just like adjusting the rearview mirror. It's just like getting my seat comfortable. It's just like setting the radio station. It's just like putting the car in the drive. I already know license registration right here, accessible to the right in the little side pocket. Like, I already know I got to play it out. If anything goes down, I got my cell phone sitting right here, plugged into the charger, voice activation on because I'm driving. Like, I got it all set up. I know everything already. If anything happens, set the phone up on here. All I got to do on my home screen, swipe all the way to the far left, hit the record button. Matter of fact, I got it on my quicks, my quick settings. If I press my home key like two or three times real quick, it automatically pulls up the camera mode and hit record. Like I already know I already got it set up. Like I think about that. It's second nature. It's a part of driving now. Yeah. So they don't teach you that in, in driver's ed. Mm-mm. You know, but that's something that I still I still don't think about that stuff. That's something that I plan for. Like I already have set up. So I totally understand um, what this person is saying. And and my goal is to um, get to my destination safely and make sure that I'm putting myself in position to return back home to my family. Unharmed. Alive. Please. Another person said about their coping that I don't need to talk all the time. Another person, it's exhausting. Um, another person said how to love through times like this. I think that means like they're learning how to love people yeah. through times like this. Yeah. That's how they're coping with, mm-hmm. with love. Yeah. Yeah. Another person said that my personal coping process is very internal and very deep. During this time, I need love and support. I wish all Americans knew and loved Jesus. They'd be better and treat each other better. Mm. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <sighs> Amen. It is challenging to express vulnerability, thoughts and feelings without the fear of it being used against me. That's kind of like what I said about, you know, the work situation. Yeah. If I, you know, fall short or don't fulfill what I feel like is an obligation or the expectations like it will be held against me. Um, yeah, I get it. Just because you see us when we're strong doesn't mean we don't have moments where we break down entirely. Strength isn't what you see in the movies. Strength is continuing on despite every part of you just being completely exhausted. And when you're not sure going on is even possible. Mm. Another person said, coping, I'm just trying to get by and make it while showing my kids strength, working, trying to put on a brave face for my students and not blow up about the lack of understanding and increased hollow support from administrators who lack diversity in their own offices. Yeah, the part that stood out to me in that is... um, (laughs) not blowing up (laughs) oh my gosh like one of the reasons why i I have to 
um, in these Zoom meetings and stuff that I be sitting in, not make myself visible is because I'm not in front of the computer so that I just don't unmute myself and blow up. <laughs> like, if I have to come all the way back to the computer and unmute myself, like, they give me time to think through it really quick and to, like, settle down, Daryl. Um, but yeah, I do, I totally get it on the blow up part, man. I'm just like, ooh, cause I'm so, I'm so fragile right now that it, it won't take much to set me off. Yeah. It won't take much to set me off. Um, and, and I'm an adult and I will be responsible for my actions, you know? So if I can do something in the meantime to not put myself in that position, I'm going to do it. Yeah, you know, but yeah, I can totally get it with the not blowing up part. Yeah, and I think for me, the part that stood out was the lack of understanding and increased hollow support from administrators who lack diversity in their own offices. Mm. And I think this is super important. I think, like you said, going back to earlier when you were talking about, uh. You didn't say this, so I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you said you were talking about allyship. Um, and I just think like this makes me want to take action. And like you were talking about earlier, like this may not be the time, like there needs to be a time of healing. Yeah. Um, and it makes me want to take action. And at the same time, I'm like, I'm really not a decision maker in the space that I'm in right now, but it just makes me think then reflect on myself. Like, have I given hollow support? Yeah. You know, and what does that look like and how can I try to do better so that, I mean, it's not, I don't know. Yeah. There's no way. I'd be, I'd be sometimes like, I'd be, I'll check you every now and then. You do. And I appreciate that. Like, I know you, you just uh, like go, don't know, like just go and do it. Sometimes I'm just like, Hey, like I get it. Like, like what you're trying to do is is great, and I'm glad that you're down for the calls. But it, like, put your little Twitter fingers on, on like pause, just <laughs> chill out. Like, just stop. Don't box. Quit leave people alone. Like, quit reading that stuff. Like, chill yeah. out. Um, you know. Yeah. But I'll, at the same time, I try not to discourage you because, like I said, I do know that you mean well, and, and it's appreciated. But at the same time. Like you don't know from the other side. Yeah. And I'm like, I get what you're doing. Like in yeah. you, when you get invested in something to try to get you to back off of it is that's, that's a podcast episode in itself. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. So that it, is true. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I do appreciate that you come in and help me understand I tr- and correct I try. Me I, I pick I pick and choose my yeah. battles. Um yeah. but I try. Cuz I know you mean well and I don't want to discourage you. Yeah. Yeah. Um another person said, "My coping process has been to work, to grind, to get so caught up in what I'm doing that the hum of the reality is that I face as a black man are drowned out if only momentarily." But that has been taken away due to COVID. Now the hum is all too loud and there's very little to drown it out. Yeah, COVID and with this is just fuel. 
that just because I'm black does not mean I need to be as mad or as quote unquote active as other black people they see on social media maybe. Like with death, people deal with issues differently. That's their right. I'm a rational thinker. I process my emotional feelings internally, anger, grief, and sadness, and only allow my rational feelings to be exposed. Mostly because I want to learn from others not like me, and the best way to do that is to allow space for them to enter your space without feeling some type of way about what you're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last one is that it's going to take time. Nothing is going to happen overnight, but space for people to process is the best. That's, that's a great way to sum it up. Um, when you're talking about coping, a lot of people do it in a lot of different ways and you have to respect the way that they cope and you have to understand that some people cope and they get over it and they move on and they're ready to take actions. And some people need more time throughout their coping and it doesn't happen overnight. Um, you can't just categorize and wrap everybody up into one coping style or one coping method and expect them to show up how you want them to show up. That's for black and white people. Um, I know that we were listening to the meeting after the meeting um, podcast episode and they were talking about how even blacks were challenging other blacks about not protesting or not being for the cause because they weren't responding the way that um, they were expected to respond. And that's the same way with coping. Um, it doesn't happen overnight. Some people process things um, internally, externally, and some people can bounce back a lot faster. Um, so you have to give people time to cope the way that they need to cope and understand that it's not about you. It's about them. Um, I think sometimes it's easy to get caught up into people coping and you want them to get done coping when you want them to get done so that they can come alongside you and help you do what you're trying to accomplish, whether you're black or white. Um, and definitely for the white sisters and brothers out there like we're still coping. We're still dealing with this. Don't try to bulldoze us through this process. Don't try to rush us through it. Like I said in, in, in a social media um, message, like we're not going anywhere. We're going to be right here. I promise you we're not going anywhere. Um, just let us get through this the best that we can, the way that we know how and understand that it may not be on your terms and your time. And then when we are ready continue to have that same energy and accept us into the fight and let us show up the best that we can after we put ourselves in position through coping appropriately. That's good. I, I think, um, I just want to thank everybody again for sharing experiences and behaviors and thoughts and feelings. Um, and that's all that we have for tonight. Yeah. So yeah. to all my black brothers and sisters out there that may be listening, take the time to cope, yeah. deal with it. Um, you know, don't just hold it in and go numb. It'll come back up at a time probably that you don't want it to and in a way that you don't want it to show up. So deal with it to all of my white people. Let us cope. Don't try to rush us through this. Um, you know, be patient with us. We've been patient with y'all all our lives. So be patient with us and let us cope and don't push us and don't try to press us through this. 
Um, you know, like I said a few moments ago, we are not going anywhere. I promise you we'll be right here when we come out on the other side. I promise you we'll be ready to jump into the fight with everything that we have. Yeah. So that's all that I have. This is whew, like I'm glad to share these stories and, and I'm humbled. But good Lord, I need to just like kick my feet up and just cope myself just reading through <laughs> yeah. what some of my brothers and sisters are going through, um, you know, but um, I'm glad to be uh, a resource, to be a voice, um, to be an avenue for them to express themselves and to um, share their voices and for me to be privileged to be in this space to share their voices for them so that's all for right now until the next time bye peace hey everybody thanks for listening if you enjoyed this episode don't forget to subscribe on any podcast platform and make sure that you rate us also we do have a youtube channel if you prefer to watch our antics and we also provide closed captioning and if you want to know more about us go check us out on our website at successinblackandwhite.com or you can reach out to us directly on social media. My social media handle is I am Daryl Lovett on all platforms. And mine is April Dawn Lovett on all platforms.